2003, they have decided that from her hometown of Monkey Bay, she is going to be chosen as the next chief, even though she has 11 other siblings and she's the youngest. And they tell her they picked her because she was really good with people. And then they also say, you don't have a choice. So she goes back to Monkey Bay and she um, realizes she should, you know, she needs to start seeing the area again. She needs to meet the people again. So she starts touring homes. She is horrified and appalled because she's realizing that they have a huge problem, which is there's a ton of underage marriage going on. And by underage marriage, I mean girls who are 12 years old that have babies. Hello and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and extraordinary women. I'm Sam Eggers. I'm Sarah Gorski. And I'm Chloe Skye. I'm you guys. So today I am bringing you a very, very awesome broad. So I feel like normally I really like to do broads that are from history. I haven't done too many modern day broads, but I came across this broad and she is so badass that um, I'm really, really excited to share it with you today. Who is so she? This Who is, is she, Sam? Uh, uh, oh, I shall not leave you in suspense any longer, Sarah. Her name is Chief Teresa Kachindemoto. And oh she's also known as I think I know who. the Marriage Terminator. Yes, I think I have heard of her. <sighs> yes. Oh, I'm so glad. I have not, but that terminology is delightful. Isn't it? Like, what a great... If you're going to have a nickname, like, that's pretty much what you want to go with. We also haven't had a lot of broads from Africa, which I feel Mm-mm. guilty about constantly. And she is a badass African broad. She certainly is. So she is chief in Malawi. And um, I must admit my ignorance in geography. I didn't really know where in Africa Malawi was. So I had to Google it. So for anybody else who is also um, a a little bit uh, not completely aware about where Malawi is, it is Southeast Africa is is where we're talking about. Um, And uh, let's just jump right in, you guys. Yeah. Chief Teresa. Okay. So I want you to think about a woman. I just want you to think about a woman who... Even though she has the blood of the chiefs, which are these like traditional authority figures in Malawi, she is, she's married. She's got five kids. Five. Okay. Five. Five kids. Um, she's a grown ass middle-aged woman. She works as a secretary at a community college. She's done it for like 25 years. She likes her job. Um, she's described as like having a house that's full of little knickknacks. So I just imagine lots of those precious moments dolls everywhere. Yes, me um, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I hope. And um, that, you know, like she's an excellent host. People come over and she wants to make sure they've had enough to eat and that everyone knows each other. And so she's just a really warm, gregarious woman who is very busy with a full-time job and a big family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and one day, however, she gets a call. They have decided that from her... Uh, hometown of an area which is called Monkey Bay, that she is going to be chosen as the next chief, even though she has 11 other siblings and she's the youngest. They have decided that she's going to be the next chief. And they tell her they picked her because she was really good with people. And then they also say, you don't have a choice. (laughs) Oh, well, well, there you go. So, you know, like a compliment on one hand and then a pseudo threat on the other. 
And so this is in 2003. And she's like, okay, this is what's happening. I'm, I am now, I am the chief. So she goes home to But she didn't actually live in the, she, at this point she hadn't lived there for a while, right? No, no. She had moved and she'd had her family somewhere else. And um, so this area of Monkey Bay is described as being like really mountainous and it's, uh, it's, it's by a lake. And I think it's definitely much more remote than where she, where she is. Cause she's in an area, like in a town, there's a community college, like there's things that are going on in this area where she's chief is definitely more remote. And it doesn't, there aren't like, you get the sense that there aren't like a bunch of schools and that it's not, it's not, it's not city life. This is definitely more rural. Okay. Um, and this area, there's about 900,000 people She's that now she is the chief over. So she goes back to Monkey Bay and she um, realizes she should, you know, she needs to start seeing the area again. She needs to meet the people again. So she starts touring homes and she starts meeting with the people. And she is horrified and appalled because she's going to these homes and she's realizing that they have a huge problem, which is there's a ton of underage marriage going on. And by underage marriage, I mean girls who are 12 years old that have babies. And Ugh. insane. She's horrified. And um, to give you an idea of the numbers here, so the United Nations said that, and this is in 2012, more than half of Malawi's girls are married before the age of 18. And it ranked eighth out of 20 countries that are thought to have the highest child marriage rates in the world. Oh, and... Doesn't that um, give you the chills? Ugh. It's disgusting. It is. It's just heartbreaking. And, and of course, one of the reasons is that Malawi, Malawi is one of the world's poorest places. It ranks 160 out of 182. So there's a lot of extreme poverty. And so a lot of these parents, it's not like, you know, of course, it's not like these parents are like, oh, I just want my child to marry young. It's them going, I can't care for all of these kids, or maybe I can't care for my daughter but if she's married off, that's better for her or it's better for us financially. You know, it's really hard to have have all these mouths to feed. So getting rid of the girls at a younger age is uh, sort of seen as also being um, just, just better for the entire family. Um, and this is obviously really bad for everybody, right? Like, um, oh. and one of the things that Teresa sees is that a lot of these young girls are having horrible complications at birth because um, when they're giving birth, because they're so young and their bodies are still so small that they these uh, the childbirths are incredibly risky. These girls, they die. They have to perform C-sections because literally they're poor little young bodies. Like they just shouldn't be having babies yet. They're too small. Yeah. And so she she realizes this is something that needs to change. But she runs into the issue that this is, well, she's dealing with changing culture, right? And so how do you come in and say, hey, I'm the chief, and now you aren't going to do this anymore? People don't want to hear it. They're not right. interested. And Especially it's, dudes. Especially oh, dudes totally. don't want to hear it. Because they like their it. baby brides. Yeah, they obey, you know? And the problem here, too, is that it's not just early marriage. So there's also um, a cultural tradition of sending away these young girls to um, to these camps for cleansing. And the, it's called Kusasa Fumbi. I and never like the word cleansing. No. Not, not for no. any, no. No. So these camps, the whole point is they send these girls, some of them are as young as seven, and they send them there to learn how to please a man and, you know, perform like dances for him, how to please him as your husband. And in some circumstances, they're saying you can only graduate by having sex with the teacher. Um, 
gross. And if and they're up. seven Ugh. years old, and they're seven years old, it's incredibly young. Oh my god! I was playing Fantasy Castle in my backyard when I was seven. Exactly. And if Ugh. some of them do return home, not sort of un, you know if they're untouched, then what happens is that um, they can be preyed on by what's called hyena men, and these are men that are hired by the parents to take the girl's virginity or by prospective husbands to, to impregnate them. Obviously, this is very, very difficult for us to understand culturally, and it's dangerous for these poor young girls. And on top of that, in Malawi, their HIV rates are one in 10 people have HIV. Oh my God. So there is not, of course, with a lot of these sexual initiations, there is not safe sex happening. You know, there, there aren't no. condoms being used. So, and then to uh, finally to add on top of this cultural issue that, that Teresa is working against, on top of that, they, local tradition says that a sick man can be healed by having sex with a virgin. Gross. So. Gross. So someone who's ill having sex with like a 12-year-old t- a girl to try to get better. Exactly. Gross. Do they think that that like passes the sickness into the virgin or that the virginity just like magically makes it go away? Oh, God. You know, I'm not even sure which one. And they might think both. It's just, it's, it's, so it's really hard to, this is like really hard to understand, right? Like this is Ugh. really hard to wrap our heads around. So Teresa is, is facing all of this in the community and she realizes as chief, she's, she has to do something. She has to make a change, but how do you convince these families? So at first she thinks, okay, I'm going to do community meetings and I'm going to get everybody together and I'm going to tell them that um, if the girls are married and if the stuff is happening to them so young, they can't go to school. And school is the way that these girls will be able to provide maybe for their families financially. And she thinks that that's really going to be the way to convince them. Um, but people just, they don't want, they don't, they don't want to believe her. They don't care. They don't listen. And she's like, okay. So she says she can't change the mindset. Then she has to change the laws. And that's what she has to do. So she steps in at first and she says, hell no to all of these rituals that we aren't sending the girls to these camps anymore, that we're getting, that's all done. And she tells that she has, there are lower chiefs beneath her. And she says, you can either listen to me or I'll replace you. And, <laughs> and they're like, uh, well, shit. So there's 50 of them, right? She gets all 50 of them to sign an agreement to abolish early marriage under customary law. So now there's oh two different laws. This was confusing for me. There's two different laws in Malawi. There's the customary law, which is sort of like the local, the chief rulings. And then there's the civil law, which would be like what the government's going to do. Right. So, so this is the customary law, all right? She also gets those 50 sub-chiefs to annul any existing unions. So any of these crazy young marriages, they agree that they're going to annul them. She got these 50 dudes to do what she said. Oh my God, she's a hero. It's incredible. I'm kind of, and I mean, she was facing like death threats and she's of like, I don't care. Was. This is, this is what we're doing. There's worse things going on than me dying. Yeah. She's yeah. like, this is my job. I'm stepping in. And well, cause at this point they have a whole economy built on these girls and these young marriages, like these hyena men, these like, there's all mm-hmm. of these like economic, like businesses built around and the camps and stuff, I'm sure, like, took the, you had to pay to go. And, mm-hmm. like, and this, like, sexual this... predator shit that, oh, she's amazing. How Do you know how many? Do you know how many annulments happened because of her? Isn't, there's a total out there, isn't there? Yes, there's a total. And I believe they say that she has broken up when, at the time, I think this, the, the, this number was 2015, I think, was when this number was given. But over 850 marriages. 
Yes. <laughs> nice. And so oh. on top of that, when she learns, so after they make this customary law, she learns that some child marriages are still happening in, in some of these areas, even though she they have outlawed it. So she takes so those four male chiefs of those areas. She's like, you're gone. They're fired. They're yes. done. And yes. she just gets rid of them. But then this is what she does. They come back like a few months later and they're like, we've look, we've gotten rid of them. It's all done. We, we undid those marriages and now we're going to believe you. And so she sends people out to verify it. It's true. And she goes, okay, you can be chief again as long as you toe the line. Oh, man, I love her. I love this. And so... And then on top of that, she's like, these girls need to go to school. So she makes sure that if families can't afford to send the girls to school, that she finds local people who are willing to support. So she will go out and she'll find people who have extra money who want to donate. And she makes like it possible. sponsor the girls. Yeah. Exactly. So that they can get uh, their education. Oh, yeah. I, I just, I just... I love it. And she's like, she said, first of all, it was really, really difficult. Um, but then people sort of understood after after some time. And what she has done, too, is she's created a network of what she calls secret mothers and secret fathers in the villages. And she does that to make sure that parents aren't pulling the girls out of school and to make sure that there aren't any of these underage marriages happening. And she ends up bringing the some female MPs from Malawi. So, you know, that's like people who are working in the parliament. And she brings them into these really rural communities um, so that the girls can see this is this is what could be waiting for you. Like these are women who have an education and who have jobs. And she said the young girls were so excited to meet them. And then they wanted to learn English because that's the language of the parliament. She tries to take them into the city to see the lights. Oh, she is inspiring all these generations of girls. Isn't she incredible? And so then in 2015, at this time, it's just the customary law. But finally, Malawi made marriage before 18 illegal in civil law. Yes. What an incredible victory. So she's incredible. So now the only loophole is that they said. So just across the board? Oh, wait. Yeah, continue. I know. Here's the loophole. Except in the instance of approval by the parents. So we don't like that. However... Right now, Chief Teresa Kachindamoto, she's she is trying to advocate for Parliament to increase the minimum age from eighteen to twenty-one. Oh wow! Be- because she's saying this just exacerbates the cycle of rural poverty, um, and she, yeah. and it's just she's and as she says, quote, if they're educated, they can be and have whatever they want. Mm-hmm. So that would make them more progressive than the United States. Exactly. <laughs> did they? Do you, Sam? In your research, did you find so when she came in and made had those those sub chiefs like make all these agreements? Mm-hmm. Then what was the new like 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 custom law legal age? Was it eighteen or was it like sixteen? Which is better than twelve, but like <laughs> still not great, right? No, I think it was eighteen. Let me check my notes here. I think. Oh, you know, I can't remember. I think it was eighteen. But I, I could be wrong. Yeah. yeah, it might have been that they they maybe came to an agreement on something, on something earlier. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's just so incredible. So I incredible. was so inspired by her. I love that she's stepping into this because I think the most difficult thing to change, right, is like trying to change people's traditions. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the no fact matter that how she, toxic they are. Yeah. And the fact that she stepped in there to this job that it seems like she didn't really even want or think would happen to her after having another career for like 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. 
I just think she's so incredible and I, I was so inspired by her story and I wish I could find out more about her. I have to say I was a little frustrated that I couldn't find um, a lot more about what she had been doing in the past few years. I, most of the articles I feel like we're referencing information from around 2015. So if mm. anybody has any cool uh, information on what Chief Teresa is up to these days and what badassery she's got her hands in, um, we'd love to hear it. How incredible. Eight, so right off the bat, though, that when they first signed that thing with those subchiefs, 800 annulments. So there's 800 girls immediately who are in a safer position. Yeah, And then that only echoes out all the generations after. That's just so incredible. And I want to say, too, that they mentioned that some of these marriages, too, it's incredibly young boys. That, you know, so it might be, you know, a lot of it is very young girls marrying older men, but we also have a lot of really young girls marrying really young boys and they shouldn't be married either. And they also yeah. are maybe being taken out of school. And so there was a, there was a sort of a disturbing statistic that they were saying that they think that in all of Malawi, so including the cities, the whole country, they think that young girls experience sexual abuse, like one in five is experienced sexual abuse, mm. and then uh, one in seven little boys are experiencing sexual abuse. So yeah. are these are the young boys being married to older men or no. older women or young girls? Or No, it's very, yeah, so it would be very young girls marrying very young boys. So these kids might be like 12 and 13 and they get married or 12 and 15 But everybody's, but all of them are experiencing abuse from older people somehow in the system. Yes, in that, yeah. when they're talking about that one in five or the one in seven yeah. numbers. And so um, I just think we need, we need more leaders like Chief Teresa Kachindamoto, like go in there, find the problem, yeah. take yes. care of business, make it happen. Just, I guess this is my responsibility. Here we go. Yep. I love her. Whew, She's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. What a broad. S what so abroad so inspiring i'm inspired yay you guys i'm so glad i got to bring chief teresa kachindamoto the marriage terminator to you and thanks everyone for listening and we'll be back next week with another broad you should know hi everyone i'm katie nelson and i'm olivia mickle we're two academic sisters and we host a podcast called what's her name what's her name podcast tells you the stories of fascinating women that you've never heard of we're unearthing the histories of really interesting women that have slipped through the cracks of our collective history. We add era-appropriate music. We interview really fascinating experts, everyone from professors to authors to the manager of a brothel museum. <laughs> we cover it all. So give it a listen. What's her name? Podcast.com.